podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What's going on, FPL managers? Welcome to a new video for Game Week 26 from Fantasy Football Scout. I'm joined by Andy, aka FPL Sonaldo, to talk about the double game weeks. Game Week 26 is upon us next weekend, and then 27 follows with Burnley having a double game week. So we need to think about what we're going to do, especially with our forwards. I am so bored of owning Dennis, King and Watkins. Andy, you're going to save me, right? Uh, No, I'm not going to save you. <laughs> I'm stuck with those two forever. And uh, as we mentioned prior to the stream, it's like a relationship where you just keep coming back. So Dennis <laughs> and King, um, we're basically married, married right now, so... Oh, it's just so depressing. Like all the forwards just continue to disappoint. And um, Watkins was another one of the weekend. I just really lost faith. And uh, I think I'm just going to be using all of my free transfers to try and get rid of my forward line. So, yeah, I mean, how was your game week 25 going so far, Andy? Um, it's been pretty dismal across um, across the spectrum, really. But um, specifically, how how is your game week 25 going? Um, I mean, at this point, I'm on like probably four or five red arrows in a row. Um, maybe even more. I have no idea, actually. But I can't remember the last time I had like, you know, more than one FPL like returns with under 100% EO. Uh, maybe Sun last week, Foden this week, but it's not enough, you know. And um, I think uh, at times like this, you can sort of have some doubt about your decision making and and you know, question question a lot of the you know decisions you make. However, um, I think everyone is struggling, so I wouldn't be too worried. Plus, there's enough of the season left, so we keep moving. I mean, you got a nice Foden return there. Some something that I didn't get. So, I mean, you're <laughs> on the cusp of a green arrow, whereas I have yeah. got. I moved from 33k down to 41k with my Man United players to go. So quite a big decrease. Uh, Cancelo and Laporte were benched for me as well. So it's been really, really bad. Uh, Jota mm. benched, of course, as well. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to game week 26. Quite a lot of double game weekers in our teams, um, aiming to sort of get around eight or nine out so we can focus our attention on that uh, this week. So I thought instead of like looking at our points for game week 25, we're going to have a look at how we're lining up for game week 26. And then also focusing on how we're lining up for game week 27, because it's quite quite a uh, an important transition from 26 to 27, especially if you're not aiming to free hit in either game week. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like from what we've discussed already, uh, it's going to be quite difficult to have lots of Arsenal players and Liverpool players, of course, and then being able to field 11 in game week 27. So. We'll have, we'll have a look at how we're shaping up. Um, we'll have a look at yours first, and uh, I'll move to your Game Week 26 team. So this is your bus team. And I understand that Foden is moving to Salah. That's why you've got the captain's armband on Foden at the moment. Yep, exactly. Um, I think um, Foden to Salah, and I have to downgrade Ronaldo to under, I, I believe, 7.5 in order to order to make that fund. Um, this was a plan I had, you know, I think, two, three game weeks ago, so... Um, I was delaying the Salah transfer. Thankfully, he didn't return this week. Um, and yeah, and so the question mark now is more not not so much about who do I lose because that's the only option I have. It's more about where do I go with the, with the striker option. And I think it's more complicated than just a simple which is the best you know double game week striker for this week. You know, there's layers to this, right? Am I gonna 
free hit in 30? Am I going to free hit in 27? Am I thinking about a wild card in 28? Um, and then you go in more debt because uh, you have to kind of see if your, for example, team for 27 is, um, you know, much worse than like a ideal free hit team in 27. Or if my wild card in 28 is actually that much more appealing than what I have right now. And it's all very iffy because, um, you know, there's these team planners you can do where you look ahead to your team in 27, 28, and all of them are just like very 50-50 calls. Um, so a lot of the decisions I make from here on out is going to really, really affect my season. Um, so it's a very nerve wracking period uh, the next few game weeks. Absolutely. A lot of chips to use, a lot of planning to um, to go through. And um, it's quite a pivotal time, as you say. So mm -hmm. definitely worth planning ahead, at least a, a couple of game weeks. I don't think we're going to have that much of that volatility with the COVID stuff we saw over Christmas. I think that's settling down. So at least we can sort of plan a little bit more um, ably and for it to actually uh, happen. So yeah, I mean, your Game Week 26 team is looking pretty good. You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven double Game Week players, including Dennis and King, unfortunately, who play Man United in Game Week 27. So mm -hmm. not uh, not ideal. I mean, let's have a look at your Game Week 27 team uh, because it's really mm -hmm. important to sort of have a look at and see whether you're going to be fielding 11 players in Game Week 27. We've got Foden on the bench. That's Salah, who's blanking. Ronaldo will be the striker that you move to, whoever that might be. Mm -hmm. but, but but more importantly, with the two free transfers that you're using to do that, you've got Alexander-Arnold and Saka without a fixture. So how do you think you're going to get through this? Will you take a hit next week um, and just get in um, someone for Alonso and someone for, I don't know, either Jota or Saka? Okay, so um, let's go... If you don't mind, let's go back real quick um, yeah, yeah. to my let's previous. One sec. Um, so I can kind of explain um, what 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 it actually looks like because uh, the captaincy is on Foden for a reason. Again, Foden is, um, I have two free transfers, 0, 0.0 in the bank, and Foden is Salah. So that makes me have eight uh, double game weekers, right? Yeah. And I have another free transfer. So what do I do with Ronaldo? I can downgrade him to what are the options for a double game week striker? Not that many. Right. And so if I do that, yeah, I can get to nine double game weekers, including Dennis and King, who don't really count as a double game weaker. Um, so this is this is, is going to mm -hmm. be the crux of the video. We're going to be looking at um, because, I mean, this because for both of us, um, sussing mm -hmm. out striker replacements for one of Dennis or King and the likes of Ollie Watkins, Antonio, anyone out there who's owning these these disappointing strikers. We're going to mm -hmm. have a look at see who's the best replacements for these specific double game weeks. Um, another, another issue for you is if you do downgrade Ronaldo to, uh, you know, a forward, you're going to have to bench Bowen, um, mm. against Newcastle to mm, field. Good point. Mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's something that we're all going to have to weigh up whether two yeah. fixtures is worth, um, a really good informed player playing Newcastle who are in form at the moment, it has to be said, but mm. you know, <laughs> it's Bowen. Exactly. I mean, that's a great point you mentioned, right? This is the layers upon layers of what one decision does, uh, you know, s sequentially, right? And so, for example, um, let's say I do go for a guy like Jimenez who has a double, then I bench Bowen. Am I confident in that? No, I don't want to bench Bowen. Um, and then let's say I can go really aggressive and take a minus four and bring in a, you know, Gabriel or Tierney and then really attack the double game week with 10 uh, double game makers with a minus four. 
But if I bring in another Arsenal asset, such as Lacazette even, I don't know if I have the funds actually. It, let's say I bring in a Lacazette or, or a Tyranny. That's three and two, or three and three Liverpool Arsenal, um, although I have De Gea, so it's five, which means I would have to take two hits to field 11 in 27, which will go to. Um, but even then, do, do I feel confident, you know, in these fringe players in my starting 11, such as Liver, such as Livermento. So there's a lot of things I have to question my, myself. If I'm not going to free hit in 27, for example, I go and go get a guy that I really want in, in Broya, um, and then kind of start Bowen. I have Broya on the bench probably. And then, um, you know, maybe even just not touch Dean, Dean and Cancelo and, and roll with eight. Um, so many decisions have to be um, taken into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. And um, if you if you do go hard on this double game week 26, then potentially a free hit in game week 27 does become a more viable uh, solution for you because, you know, I I think you can get a decent game week 27 team out there with the likes of Son, Son uh, Kane, um, like Triple Burnley, who've got a double game week. Um, who else is there? I I think you can get like a, a fairly decent team and um, it might be might be worth might be optimal to get three arsenal players in this game with 26 and then free mm. hit in 27 depends on your chip strategy though are you aiming to three free hit in game week 30 yeah i'm pretty much set on it um and the luxury is the fact that i have two um free hits um and i don't think there's a right answer here because we don't we're not going to know actually the full extent of the 30 blank as well as what 33 looks like and and so um, you know, like, am I going to get be able to get away with not having to use a free hit in 33? That's something I'm not going to be able to determine right now. If I was able to determine, I could, you know, weigh out, weigh out the options between using it this in 27 versus 33. But yeah, I, I mean, I could go aggressive here. One of the things is that psychologically, uh, because of these consistent red arrows I've been getting, I just want to change my team and, and and get rid of all, all a lot of players that I won't don't want. But at the same time, I compared my team to a wild card in 28. And I don't think I'd be making too many drastic changes um, in terms of the core set of starting 11 players. So yeah, lots to I, consider. The, mm. the fixture swings in 28 at Chelsea, Leicester, Wolves. Um, I can't remember the other team, but you don't want too many of those assets. Like Leicester's pretty erratic. Chelsea, not 100% sure about... Uh, what's going on after their Club World Cup, and you don't know what kind of form they're in. So it, even if you trebled up with Chelsea, who would you go for? I mean, Lukaku's been pretty pretty absent in terms of the stats. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not 100% sure on a, on a game week 28 wild card, but I think we sort of have to get through until 30, and then maybe the earliest we can do it is game week 31. But then the bench boost becomes even more of an issue in game week 36 because you're wildcarding so far in advance of that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a tricky one. I, I think, um, so if you had to sort of commit right now on this very second, what your trip strategy is for the next couple of weeks, you'll be making moves in 26 and then aiming to sort it out in game week 27 with a, with a hit. Is that right? Uh, I'll put it like 60, 40. Um, I'm very open to a free hit in 27. I'm actually very open to it. So I need to make that decision this week because if I do, I'm going to go for another Arsenal asset and and really, really attack 27 or 26 and probably bring in a double game week striker if I see Jimenez, for example, being better value than Bowen this game week because of the minutes. But 
um, yeah, again, many, many factors go into this decision. And um, depending on whether I decide to free hit in 27 will, will likely mean who I bring in this week. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, the fact that you have Saka over Martinelli is a win already, mate. So I think you're doing all right. Um, let's move mm-hmm. to my team, how I'm shaping up for 26. Martinelli with that red card. Oh my God, so frustrating because he obviously yeah. misses the first game of the double game week. So he's sat on my bench at the moment. Uh, two free transfers for me. Um, and I'm probably aiming to not free hit in 27. So my transfers will probably be focused on fielding a starting 11 then uh, coupled with getting rid of the likes of Watkins and Dennis, maybe along with Martinelli. So how do I solve that issue? I would have really loved to have known that I'm bringing in Veghorst um, right now because he's got a double-double. We'll have to wait until the press conference to see whether he's actually fit or not. I mean, he's he's a big, strong lad. You know, it'll be fine. He started like the first game with a black eye, for God's sake. So, you know... (laughs) I imagine you'll be all right. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm obviously being facetious because a knock is slightly, slightly different to a black eye, but um, <laughs> we'll have to see what Daesh says. Uh, I think he's the most obvious choice uh, for these two weeks, specifically for anyone not planning to free hit. Um, but we will have a look at the other options, the other forward options. I really, really want to get rid of Dennis and King in these next in next two weeks. I think I'm probably going to have to keep a, a Wat- one of the Watford boys for 26. Um, it's not like the worst game week, but I still don't expect anything. I'll take the four appearance points, to be honest. Um, and then the rest, I've got Fernandez against Leeds. Like Leeds are conceding left, right and centre. Um, I'm not 100% sure I'm in a hurry to move Fernandez to the likes of Son. Um, even though, you know, Spurs... Bro, bro you got to do it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's I... no doubt about this. Look, I, like a couple things, first of all. Like, um, Martinelli read was... It was a weird one because it was in the same um, sequence of events. So, if once you get the first foul, it the play should have stopped. I don't know, like the play should have stopped, right? And he gets a yellow, and then the second one doesn't count. I'm not sure what the what the actual rule is, but anyway, so that's very unfortunate. I do agree with you. Dennis and King are annoying, but we demand no less than 20 points from them next game week for all the pain <laughs> they gave us. They owe and us, man. They owe us. They owe us. They owe us, and. Um, I'm going to believe in them, you know, I'm like punish the sellers um, with very little faith. And uh, the Fernandez to Sun move is a no brainer. Uh, I mean, you get two games of Sun. It's not like some random, you know, sketchy player. It's, it's a legitimate player that look, they played awful yesterday. You know, they got ran into the ground, but it's their defense. That's so bad, you know, and I'm not saying Sun played a good game. I'm not saying Kane had a great game, but they had their chances. Um, and the previous game too, Sun had his chances. He could have gotten some more points in the last two games. And I'm confident that Conte will, you know, smack the players uh, throughout this game week, uh, throughout this week and make sure they're focused because they're three losses in a row. You know, you can say that it's Man City. They're running away with the league. You can say it's against Burnley, back against the wall. Same thing with Tottenham. I mean, they're... Literally three losses is the first time that Conte has lost in 12 years. Of course, he's managed much better teams, but yeah, I, I have my faith in, 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 uh, I'm not a Sun fan, by the way. I'm a very unbiased, uh, you know. Yeah, it's definitely not in your name, your Twitter, Twitter handle. No, I get where you're coming from, 100%. And I think I would probably make that move if I didn't have any other fires to fight. Um, but 
I mean, those fixtures, I don't think are as good as they seem. Like, yes, City, yeah, they're both away. Mm-hmm. City, obviously City. Um, I think probably the City game suits Son a little bit better than the Burnley game. Like Burnley are rock solid at the moment defensively. Their last mm-hmm. four games, uh, you know, nil-nil, nil-nil, one-all, nil-one. So they're not conceding many goals. And Son sort of typically struggles in those those games where, you know, the teams sit back defensively. So, I, you know, it's just a, a general assumption, but I'm not in a rush. I think I'd rather have Fernandes against Leeds who just typically sort of try to play football and concede three goals every game. Uh, I know it's Man United and Man United are obviously a little bit uh, worse for wear at the moment. Um, but you never know. You never know when I might get a good good fixture. Fernandes might get a couple of goals. You never know. But mm. I have my my other fires to fight, and I want to get rid of Watkins, King, and Dennis more so, and probably Martinelli. I, I'm not sure I can warrant keeping him, uh, especially when I can go Cornet for four fixtures over his what two something. So let's have a look at my game of 2017, and this probably identifies the fires that I have to fight a little bit more because we've got we've got Martinelli with a blank here. Um, and then Watkins, King and Dennis, all with pretty average fixtures. Uh, Ramsdale, Salah, Jota, Alexander-Arnold on the bench with no fixtures. So I need to sort of prioritise those specific four players over everyone else, I'd say. Um, what's your uh, chip strategy right now, um, Ted? So free hitting 30 is pretty much uh-huh. nailed. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't mind getting rid of Watkins because that's why I was keeping him, really, because uh, I know that Aston Villa had a had a fixture in game week 30 and the same with Arsenal players as well. So I don't, I don't mind getting rid of Martinelli and Watkins if I'm going to free hit in 30. Um, I was going to bring in Luca Dean, never really had the chance to. So I can sort of reverse that, that mindset. Um, so yeah, game week 30 free hit for sure. And then um, not, I'm not going to do anything before that. That'll be the first chip I play. And then, I mean, at the moment it's free hit in 33 for the double Wild card in thirty five, bench boost in thirty six. Mm. Um, I lied. Sorry, I'm going to triple captain in twenty in twenty six. Six, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, with Salah with the rest of the world. So, <laughs> mm. but um, yeah, I, I think it's an obvious move, and I think you know triple captain doesn't really need that much thought about. I mean, if you could picture at the start of the season the best optimal game week to play your triple captain, it would be Salah at home to Norwich and Leeds doesn't bear thinking about the alternatives or the comparisons to when you could have played it elsewhere. Um, I think it's just the obvious one and you want to maximize that extra, um, you know, the times three multiplier for, for the amount of points is obvious. One thing, one thing I want to ask you is um, I was also kind of, you know, pretty much set on a late wild card in order to bench boost 36. Um, are you worried about leaving it too late, your wild card and, and that wild card ending up, with the bench boost not being as effective as you might have thought, as we might we might be, you know, here thinking. Um, and in the end, it was a better play to switch things up early on, such as twenty eight or thirty one. Yeah, it's 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 a real toss up every every season. The the sooner you play your wild card, the more effective it will be for the remainder of the season. The more impact it will have, but it won't necessarily correspond to working with another chip, such as a bench boost. In recent seasons, when we've seen, uh, you know, the game week's 36, massive, massive double game week, we've seen 
uh, in you know the last two or three seasons that when you're targeting these double game week players, some of them don't play that second fixture. You're absolutely spot on and it's really frustrating. And sometimes it doesn't come, uh, it doesn't benefit you as much as you think it has. But we have seen, if you th- if you go back, you know, five, six years, 250 point game weeks in these in this game week 36. Mm. That's the ceiling. And you nail the captain. I think it was, was uh, Sanchez Arsenal that got 60 odd points. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from just from a captaincy I'm not sure it was triple captaincy but um, yeah you can get 200 plus game weeks in these big game week 36s and without getting 15 double game week players and bench boosting you can't really do that so I think why not try and optimize the way that you play the game with these with these chips and um, just because we've got recency bias about the last couple of seasons not really working out doesn't mean that it's a of, you know a defunct strategy so that's that's pretty much what i'm doing if you if you wildcard 35 bench boost 36 that's the optimal way to bench boost but i am losing a lot of value on my wildcard i have to admit for sure but that's my current strategy is that mm. something that echoes I, I think we could you know evaluate a game week 31 whether the state of our teams after game week 30 and if it if it warrants wildcarding 31 and then sort of managing a bench boosting 36 best you can later on then maybe that's the optimal way to do it but i think we can wait mm. i i i think i in a normal season for sure i think i'd be planning out the rest of the season pretty wisely and and feel confident about it but again with the amount of red arrows i've had recently and the confidence been shot. I think that's playing in the back of my mind. And so what I've done sort of is become much more flexible in my plans and kind of opened up to going week by week instead of um, planning so far ahead. Of course, again, as I mentioned, the transfers will account to what I decide to do in 27, 30, and 33. But um, for example, if I decide to do what I do in 26 and 27, and I see that I feel like I need to wall card in 28, then I'll do it. Um, so um, what I what I want to do now is to really kind of let go of having such a strict plan and and kind of enjoy the game a little more and, and sort of see when there's an opportunity to switch things up and attack. Yeah, 100%. And that's very refreshing. I think we need to be versatile in this game as much as, you know, have a, have a decent plan because things change super quickly in FPL from right. game week to game week from from day to day even so you know being able to be flexible is an absolute string to your bow and um you know we don't get bogged down too much in the planning too much and let it completely spoil your life when things change uh, <laughs> so yeah i'm i think we after after that sort of reflection on our teams it really does make us think about forwards because these are going to be pivotal going forwards like yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this is going to be the subject of the video and um, we're going to start off by having a look and deeping dive into these forwards. So I've got a graphic up here, which which is just forwards and we've got Harry Kane top right. Um, small attempts, which is, uh, you know, the more difficult shots and chances created, big attempts across uh, further up, which are the uh, easier shots and chances created. These are just everything that predicts a goal or an assist. And in the bubble, we've got the big returns, which are the goals and assists um, resulting from a big chance. The small returns below the name, which are the more difficult um, goals and assists resulting from um, the the small chances. So 
you can see Kane there, 0.5 uh, big returns per appearance. He's scoring the big chances. He's creating the big chances. That's what you want. To, but Kane doesn't really come into our thinking, I don't think, too much, unless you want to move Ronaldo to Kane as yeah, a straight yeah. move. I think that's a, that's yeah. the only uh, already or you already own him. I think you'd be pretty happy if you own him. Uh, but people like us who already have Salah or want to bring in Salah, that's our priority. We need to balance that with some mid-price forwards. And these are going to be the subject of our video. And um, yeah, so I just wanted to start off really by looking at some of the players that have sort of fallen away and are, are being a bit of a problem in our side. And we've got we've got King, Dennis, Watkins and Antonio as the, as the main culprits here. Um, I'm just going to bring up uh, like Antonio's uh, player timeline. You've got he was in form game week 19 to game week 22. And then since then, he's had four really poor games statistics wise, even though he got an assist against Leeds. And it's really worrying to see a player fall away in their, in their stats. And it just, it really bodes badly for, for future games, especially when he's played like the likes of Leeds and Watford in that duration as well. Bowen just seems yeah. like the obvious option at, at West Ham at the moment. You know what you know what I think it is with Antonio is what's Antonio's narrative been for the past couple of years? It's been that he's injury prone and he's you know he gets the hamstring injury like every other day, like every other week. It's just his kind of unfortunate story, right? And if you think about West Ham, who have become obviously a much better team this year, and over the summer he got all the rest he needed in the world, and he comes out top scorer in the league just you know killing it the first three game weeks first six game weeks can't remember but um and what's happened is antonio wasn't rested david moyes uh, moyes didn't rest him enough throughout the period between i would say october to let's say december um because he was playing even the the mid mid midweek games and so on and so forth so he's just been and plus jamaica as well right that's an insane trip all the way there to play three games in like two weeks and come back and it's his fatigue that's catching up to him. Yes, it's great that he's not getting injured, but um, Antonio is just physically, I think, struggling. And and so um, it is definitely the time to hop off Antonio at this point. 100%, yeah. 7.8 million is too much to pay for that sort of level of returns. And even underlying stats, to be completely honest, 38.1% of um of the game still own him uh so i can imagine there must be a lot of dead teams but might be just you know teams that have had other fires to fight so if you're going to use this time to hop on some double game week players then shifting from antonio uh might not be a bad idea at all um the same goes with a mr ollie watkins and <laughs> really frustrating to see a disallowed goal yesterday and it was it was what you know inches um but watching him, he doesn't, he's not that involved in the game and his chances aren't particularly good. We see a similar story here. His stats sort of falling away in the last uh, few games. And um, it's really disappointing to see not a single return uh, since game week 17, which is, which is two months ago, uh, which is ridiculous. And he's played, you know, a pre-Lampard Everton, a Leeds side that have conceded plenty of goals and... Newcastle, who aren't, aren't exactly solid at the back either. Uh, so, yeah, if he can't score against those guys, I, I'm not sure who, who he can score against. Uh, it's gonna I be mean, um, 
if this is another like I'm very I'm coming in hot with these opinion takes right now. So guys, take it lightly as it is. Uh, but again, the story with Watkins is the same. Um, his narrative last year was what he's that potential. He's coming close. He's threatening. He's making the right runs. He's very versatile attacker. You know, um, has 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 a lot of potential, right? Um, but he was the most frustrating own last season, and the same thing's happening this season. I think. How old is Ollie, Ollie Watkins? I, I want to say something like mid twenties, maybe. Um, I guess so. Yeah, he really has to step it up, and let's say in the next season at least, because um, he, he's just he needs to be the guy for for uh, Aston Villa for Stevie G to to get to that next level, and um, he hasn't shown it this year. And I thought with this improved squad and and the amount of assets that he has around him. Uh, Ollie Watkins should be much, doing much better than than he is right now. Mm. Watkins and Antonio definitely have something in common, and they it's that a midfield player in their side seems to be the way better option. Coutinho mm. over Watkins seems way better. I mean, even Jacob Ramsey seems better than Watkins. Um, but Bowen, you know, over Antonio seems the, the logical option. I wonder whether we are going to see like a a massive move to midfielders in the way the Premier League side set up with that striker almost becoming an enabler for the midfielder sort of attacking forward sort of um what do they call them like wide forwards now yeah Ted that is an that's this great great point you just brought up because um I think I read a recent article on the athletic or something about how football has changed and same with every other sport, right? Sports changed all the time, depending on the you know era the decade or whatever. And as you mentioned, um, a lot of positions are dying. I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of um, kind of what you called uh, uh, diverse, uh, diverse positions. You know, there's no number 10 anymore. For example, there's no set number eight. There's no number six. It, it, there's a, you know, seven and a half, eight and a half, a Kareem Benzema role sort, sort of kind of thing. So I think uh, football is evolving as we see it. And, and you're right. Next season, we should be really looking out for these midfield roles as this season has proven to be. It kind of has to evolve, doesn't it? Because if, if everyone played the same year after year, everyone would cotton on to exact strategies and be able to, you know, beat their opponents more easily. So these roles have to be hybrids to a certain extent. You know, Pep, Bielsa, they, they're all... You know, everyone, everyone who is a pioneer in this sport tend to sort of create and invent. And that that has definitely come through in the last couple of years, uh, if not longer. So, yeah, it, it's really interesting because we have seen a massive decrease in the, in the returns, the average returns per forward position this season. And it has been a decline for a number of seasons. The rise of the midfielder is is the way to go and um it <laughs> makes me think that 352 is probably the set and forget formation but yeah i guess the problem with this this game is that things change quickly and we we do we do go through trends in forwards having a you know a run of form and then a 343 becomes a the more viable option but at the current the current moment uh forwards are a really problem child at the moment so yeah, uh, Antonio and Watkins definitely sells for me. And um, King and Dennis, even even more so, guys. Let's just have a look at their timeline. Um, King, you know, his, his stats are you know, okay, but they're declining. He's Even in the double game weekends, Norwich and Burnley, terrible. 180 minutes in that and uh, not a single return. 
But I mean, when you look at Dennis in comparison, he's even worse. Look, look at these stats. They're just horrific. He hasn't scored since game week 20 against West Ham, and he's still 36% owned in the game. And I was just, I was watching him at the weekend, and he panics. He, when things aren't going well for him, he loses the ball, he gets frustrated, gets booked, loads of fouls, and he's just so selfish. Like, didn't, didn't pass to King once, uh, didn't try and set him up at all. The one silver lining about these guys, and I'm literally clutching at straws here, Andy, is that when Saar came on, they did look a little better, progressing mm. the ball forward slightly more effectively. And I do wonder whether Saar can make them slightly more attacking and maybe one of these guys can do something in the double game week. Oh, please agree with me. Well, there's a couple things um, I see here um, is... In terms of football, Joshua King is a better football player, a footballer than than Dennis. There's no doubt about it because uh, forget FPL and FPL points. Um, just just from my eye test, that's how I feel. The issue with Dennis is that he lacks that 0.5 second decision making where where you know someone like Eric Lamella frustrated me over the last few seasons because he has to. Like for example, this weekend game you're talking about, he's making these. He had you know one or two open chances. He needed to make that half tempo pass real quick, and a, a goal could have um, been scored by, let's say, Joshua King, for example. So that's just a sign of a non-complete um, Premier League attacker. Dennis is physically gifted, and he has that athletic ability, and you know, out of the blue, amazing game for sure. So that's what we're banking our trust on in the next two game weeks. But my level of confidence is extremely low in either one of them. Joshua King is a good football footballer, but he has nothing around him. Like he'll he'll make these amazing darting runs and you know get past like two or three players, and that's individual brilliance. And then he has to turn around 180 degrees and look for someone to pass to back pass to. Yeah, sure. Sar brings in another you know attacking threat to that team, but it's Watford. They can't get the ball from the back to their midfield. So how are you going to get any service? Maybe one or two times on the, you know, era of the other team. Um, so we're really clutching at straws here. But do you get rid of them for the double game week? I, I think not. You ha- you just have to hold and hope. Mm. Uh, I'm definitely getting rid of one of them, and I think Dennis is going for me. He um, he mm-hmm. is not someone that is conducive to um, like a. <laughs> How do I how do I describe this? What I'm trying to say is King is on penalties. If Saar does something brilliant, um, he can cross the ball in. King is positionally astute. King might be able to get a goal. Maybe. Never know. Um, Dennis tends to sort of struggle away, as you say, sort of trying to do something amazing and then scoring a wonder goal. And that's just considerably less likely to happen um, mm. than maybe King, a King tap in. So... Out of the two, I'll be getting rid of Dennis. He's obviously a little bit more expensive as well. And it's just his stats are completely worse. So, yeah, you say it's a Watford side that can't progress the ball from their defence to their attack. And I agree with that. It's a Roy Hodgson Watford as well, which is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just sitting back the entire time. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, last draw for King, but oh, he, he will be turn from zero to hero for me if he can get something in this double game week. Um, let's move back to the chart and... Um, Let's finally have a look at some of the players that we do like the look of. And I did mention Edward along a couple of game weeks ago. And 
I did. I was I was a big fan of his. His stats were fantastic, and they still are fantastic. The problem is, I was counselled by quite a lot of people in the community about the minutes, his minutes, and um, you know, Zaha's back, Elise, Eze, Mateta, Ayu, Benteke, all of these players, you know, seven or eight players trying to fill three or four spots in that team, and rotation becomes a really, really big issue. Even though his stats are really good, you know, he's got the same big attempts per appearance as. Uh, you know, as Lacazette and Vardy, and Vardy's been injured um, as well. But that's second best to Kane, and you know that's his his form is excellent. You know, I'm find someone on this chart that has better form: 0.5 big big returns per appearance, 0.3 big small returns per appearance. That's that's absolutely fantastic. Let's have a look at his timeline as well. Um, the issue with Edward is you, you know he has fantastic form in the last sort of six or seven game weeks and his stats were really good at the time but since then he played 10 minutes against Norwich zero stats and 72 minutes against Brentford almost zero stats zero shots and um, presumably a you know a small chance created or something but that's worrying and he's getting mm. subbed off 60 70th minute if he does start so uh, it's it's not looking good for Edward but he's probably the last ditch resort if you don't have anyone else to move to um would you agree to that no i wouldn't i think he's a trap um and it's okay to admit if someone's a trap because i think it was a game week or two game weeks ago he was uh spoken very highly of in the community and people are jumping on him um but the minutes are first of all a worry um you know, you can back as many stats as you want about um, Crystal Palace and, for example, Edward. But, you know, I just don't trust trust in that forward. I'd rather invest elsewhere and and look for um, even a Burnley attacker and in, Vout in, um, if he's uh, not injured um, to get more minutes um, and, and games than uh, trust in a guy like Edward, unfortunately. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And um, he is not on my list. Um, as I said, if, if Veghorst is out, if... Um, I don't know, whoever the other options are, are not options, then Edward is literally a last ditch resort as a replacement. But he probably doesn't warrant um, replacing over King or Dennis. You're probably going to keep King or Dennis instead, even though it's painful to say. But yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. we've got three main players we are targeting here. And let's just caveat by saying these are players for Game Week 26 and or game week 27 and those players are Veghorst, Jimenez and Bro uh, Breuer. Um, Breuer plays Everton, doesn't have a game week in a double game week in 26 but he plays Norwich in game week 27. He's 5.3 million and seems to be really good value at the moment uh, Andy. Like, let's talk about Breuer first and um, I'll, I'll bring up his um, his timeline. So as I said, 5.3 million, 8.8% owned. And, um, you know, he's been ticking along with the returns and his stats aren't bad at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, Broya is the best striker option in the game right now um, at his price point. And compare him to Kane, I'd rather have Broya right now. That's how much I trust in this guy. And um, uh, my good friend FPL Lost on, on Twitter put, a, I think, a tweet out recently saying, I'm reading it out right now. MPXG plus A over 90 minutes is now 0.5. Cost 5.3. Has a game in 27 against Norwich. 50% chance of a game in 30 uh, game week 30. 8.7 ownership, as you mentioned, and great fixtures. Yes, he's a single game week player, um, but 
in the long term, Broya at that price point is a fantastic option to have in your team and someone you just don't have to worry about because um, if you don't actually want him, then you just kind of, if you don't want to play him, you can always bench him at, at his enabler price point. And shout out to FPL Bruno. I see you there, um, as well as Rob182, who does some great music on, on Twitter. So thanks for joining, guys. Oh, this is the Rob that does the Rob. I like those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. Mm. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I just to echo what you, what you were saying about Broya. I, I, I was at the Man City game um, and he had what, a couple of disallowed goals and he was absolutely battering that defence. I've never seen Man City so shaky. And um, those that won't appear in the stats. Um, his chances for those shots won't appear in the stats because they were offside, but only marginally. It just goes to show that... <laughs> He he really is in form at the moment, and um, he did look electric against Man United. And um, you know, Jani was mm. yeah, electric, absolutely. And um, you know, Jani was was uh, on on deadline stream, deciding whether to play Dina or or Broya. Uh, and um, obviously, I, neither of them were any good because they didn't return. But I, I texted him halfway through the match saying, "You've definitely made the right decision here to play Broya, even if he doesn't get any returns, because he looks absolutely phenomenal." So. Broya definitely is coming in for me. I'm not sure he's coming in this week, but he's probably going to come in for game week 27 to, um, you know, against Norwich to uh, to feel that in that starting eleven. Are you are you considering game week 26 or game week 27 for Broya? I mean, he's coming in, um, and again, like like yourself, the question is when he could come in this week. Um, it's inter- it's interesting I say this because. I have two free transfers and I could get in another doubler, but the fact that I'm considering Broya is that much how how lack of an option we have up, up top. So then what happens if I do bring in Broya is my chip strategy changes. Um, uh, then I'm, you know, looking not to free hit in 27 and, um, you know, going to plan to kind of play the long game and hold my trend or hold my chips for later on uh, in the season. So yeah. uh, apologies with my word fumbling here. <laughs> you do uh, slow buddy. with my words mm. no i mean i mean the fact that you were thinking about benching bowen against newcastle for for another day uh, double game week player i mean bringing mm. broyer in and benching him against everton um is might be the optimal move for you and then just managing to play him against newcastle oh, sorry against norwich in game week 27 um yeah i quite like exactly. the move yeah. but i mean it really depends whether you think bringing in another double game week player such as jimenez who we're going to talk about next um, might be more optimal, but certainly yeah, from a yeah. two game week perspective, that does sound like a really decent move. Mm. So yeah, a no brainer on Broya. Um, let's move back to the chart. And we were talking about uh, Vekhorst and Jimenez. Obviously we talk about Vekhorst and his, his knock, 75% chance of playing according to FPL. Definitely have to wait on um, Daish's press conference, but there's no doubting that he's an excellent option for 26 and 27 with, with four fixtures. Um, yeah. We'll leave him in S until last and look at Veghorst first. Uh, I'll bring up his timeline. He's obviously only played three fixtures. Um, the second fixture in their double game week in 23, uh, where they drew uh, 0-0 to Watford. And then since then, they've played Man United and Liverpool, you know, on paper, two pretty difficult fixtures. And his, his stats may not be exceptional, but they're certainly heading in the right direction, aren't they, Andy? I thought he was really good against Liverpool. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm just pulling out some notes here that I did with uh, FPL teacher who's also in the chat. And he's a you know, big Wolves fan and also uh, really into ta- tactics as well. So um, shout out to teacher. But yeah, so um, when I was speaking to him about Weghorst, is, Weghorst uh, Vout is 
you know, seems like he's a physically dominating presence just because of his size. But what what I've seen in the last, I guess, two games or maybe three, and um, my my eye test tells me that it's not really about his physical presence like a Chris Wood. It's it's more about his subtle kind of, um, you know, very fancy, nice, uh, Berbatov-like touches and being able to feed guys like Cornet. And Burnley's whole tactics revolve around the long ball game. It, it, there's no doubt about it still, right? Yes, they oh, they have always been a good defensive team, which is why they're always in the Premier League. However, their defensive you know, stats and, and overall um, you know, ability has gone down this season. However, they're still playing the long ball game. And this is evident in the United game because United had 500-something uh, total passes and Burnley had 200-something total passes, which is half. But their long passes were 60 and 57, so pretty much equivalent, which emphasizes that they're going to feed the ball to about every single time. And Burnley is trying to win the second ball. Um, so what I mean by the second ball is, let's say you feed a long ball to Vout, whether he touches it, traps it on his own, or he you know heads it off to the left or right, you're going to have players running around him. So everything is going through him uh, in, in many ways. And I see the reason why they brought in this guy, because when they play the long ball to him, he has the ability to bring the ball down really smoothly like a Berbatov and find someone or take it on himself. So if he is not injured, I'm very tempted and I probably will go to go to Vout because if Burnley do score, he's definitely going to be involved. Mm. Yeah, I love the way you phrased that because it conjured up memories of watching the games that I've seen of him and the multiple times that he's headed the ball on to a Cornet who has burst through the last line and got a shot off on target or something like that. I mean, his his assist against Man United was not a headed assist. It was a more skillful um, you know, sacking of two Man United players and uh, he just skillfully took the ball away from his feet and then slotted the ball through. Yes. Um, really elegant. And I thought, you know, that reminded me of, uh, you know, forgive me, Vague Force, for making this assumption, uh, this comparison, but Peter Crouch, the yeah. Yeah. the amount of um, skill that, you know, a big guy, a big tall guy has uh, with his feet, with his long legs is, you know, it really does make a... Um, you really do notice it, I should say, when when someone has the skill, uh, when you really just assume that all they're there on the pitch is just head the ball into the back of the net. When they have a an additional string to their bow, it becomes really promising. Yeah, and pros, uh, not pros, and <laughs> Ted. Let me. <laughs> I'm really struggling today. It's all right. um, it's, apologies. It's ten to midnight where you are, so it's all good. Yeah. I, I also uh, texted Ted the other day and said, "Hey, Tom." So <laughs> I've been. I'm losing my mind. Um, I, I think it must be me though, because Janny just kept calling me Ed on the deadline shoot. I, just, <laughs> so, I must be such such a generic person not to have an identity. No, no, no. We <laughs> we we all love you, Ted. I, I think uh, it's the red arrows that are that are getting to me. But um, yeah, we 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 talked about uh, you know Burnley very well here. But uh, two things I want to add is why Vout is a more enticing option is Burnley are twentieth in the league. They have 14 points and 17th Newcastle is 21, Everton at 22 points. So they have a lot of points to catching up to two, which means they can't just be sitting sitting back anymore. They really need to attack for the three points. And these are factors you need to consider uh, in terms of what team players you are bringing because some, some, some teams are going to be less motivated for the rest of the season and some teams are desperate back against the wall and need to go all out and try to get three points. So 
yeah, I think that's really, another very appealing thing about about mm. really interesting um, way to phrase that as well because even though they've got a million games in hand, just the fact that they're up against it, bottom of the league, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. are in that position, you know, even if you normalized it and just gave them, you know, an average of one point five points uh, per game that they haven't played yet, that psycho that psychological up against the wall you know backs against the wall sort of thing and uh, we want to drive forwards and try and get results uh means that they probably have a little bit more drive than most uh, most other teams so but we can definitely see that i think we've already seen that burnley have started playing more effectively in yep. their old-fashioned way of um being really solid and not scoring too many goals which which is a little bit of a worry compared you know when we're looking to bring in cornet or, or veghorst uh for double game weeks but you know one or two returns in you know each game week and i'll be happy i think um he's shown a lot of intent intent and um yeah signs are promising if he's fit and that's the big caveat yeah yeah so let's talk about the last player on our list and then we'll do deep dives on all all of these players look at different different ways to skin a cat and um see who the best player is uh to, to focus on um we've got jimenez and Jimenez is not someone I really thought about talking about on this stream. Mm. Um, he scored a, a really nice goal at the weekend. It was uh, aided by Loris, sadly, um, with, a, with a strange flap from goal. But nevertheless, it was a pretty decent finish from Jimenez, just reminding us of what, uh, you know, an FPL hero he is. And he could be a double game week hero against Leicester and Arsenal. Um, so what do you think about Jimenez in general? And is he someone that could be could be an option uh, for you i think so i think very decent option um not the best not the worst um look uh, i don't i don't think you should consider him and his stats too much um the stats i don't think point in the the great greatest of directions but also what you think of wolves is a more defensively solid team um however with that being said wolves are legitimately a great team in the Premier League this season. And especially right now, um, they look really, really good as a team. Now, does that mean that Jimenez is a great option? I don't know. Um, I'm not fully convinced by it. Um, just because if you watch the way they play, it's not like they consistently attack and they constantly attack. And it's not like, you know, uh, Jimenez is always in, in involved um, because they do kind of attacking waves and and some some matches you have 20 minute spurs uh, spurts where wolves are very attacking and then some games they're sitting back and defending very well and they'll go for that one goal um they're not a high scoring team so that's that's my only worry however with the lack of options that that they are in, in the striker field right now um Jimenez you can't go wrong I think mm. really interesting I I kind of agree with you that, that the fact that wolves aren't really an attacking team is kind of a limiting factor for me for sure but let's have a look at his stats his uh, his timeline he's on the rise his stats are getting better and better every week he got a penalty against southampton um and he scored against spurs so two goals in the last three appearances he's made um the xgi per rolling average is going up and up and up it's not taking into effect that penalty it's just on the uh, non-penalty xgi and to do that against you know a pretty um you know, solid Arsenal team in game week 24. And you know, the amount of XA that he's he's registered there is pretty decent. And that's something we don't really, well, it's something we forget about with Jimenez. His, his assist ability is really, really good compared to forward, uh, other forwards. 
We've seen that consistently over the season. Um, so, you know, other people in the team scoring, Jimenez is probably going to be the one assisting. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, a decent XG level for, for Spurs as well. And that, I, I just, I just, when when someone as prolific as Jimenez, a double, you know, a, a, an FPL hero who's done really well over the season, uh, over the last couple of seasons, maybe two or three seasons, uh, who's been really consistent, starts getting a little bit of form with more and more stats under his belt. It sort of paves the way for more consistent performances and could be a marriage of convenience with a double game week in 26 against um, Leicester, who have been conceding left, right and centre, um, one of the worst teams for XGC. And um, and Arsenal, you never know. Arsenal pretty strong defensively, yep. but he's playing them again. And he's shown that he can register some decent stats. He might get a return in that one. Um, okay. Just one last thing before before you come in. Mm-hmm. He plays mm-hmm. plays West Ham in game week twenty seven. West Ham are third for number of shots conceded in the last six game weeks. So many shots conceding. So they are not as solid as people think. And you know could have a few chances given to Jimenez. Um, I think you know on paper Leicester, Arsenal, and West Ham in the next two weeks is tough. But when you look a little bit deeper, I think it could present a few chances. Okay, I'm ready for this. Um, this is why I like, uh, I love joining you on TED Talks FPL. By the way, guys, please smash that like button for TED because uh, we all love him. And uh, um, thank you guys again for joining us. So now I'm sort of leaning towards Jimenez because um, I've some ideas have sparked as, I, as you've been talking and as we've been discussing. Um, Wolves are seventh in the league right now. They're going to be making a push to get maybe even Champions. I don't know about Champions League, but European uh, Europe spot as well, right? So they're going to be pushing for it. And this is what we need to do right now because there's not enough evidence to pick out and pick out the exact you know striker or, or midfield or defensive, maybe defensive, but striker option. We we just don't know. You know, this is the whole point of today's stream, right? But what we know is that Wolves are on the rise. They're trending. And this is FPL. We need to pick out the players before they hit um, their points. And Jimenez is a very good bet because Wolves are playing very well. Jimenez has a blank um, covered in 30. He's got plenty of games. So, yeah, I feel like you've convinced me to go that that route, possibly. So I mean, um, if, if out is out, I, I think Jimenez might be a very good enticing option. Yeah. Uh, you didn't listen to me with Tierney the other week, so and he's Hi. he's he's been doing well. So you know you need to listen to me sometimes. Uh, I am. Know, I, yeah. Who knows whether he's going to do well or not, Jimenez? Um, you know we're just speculating, and there's so such limited options in the forward line. Um, yeah. who knows? He could be he could be the one. I am seriously thinking about bringing Jimenez. Um, like and maybe do a mini wildcard this week. Um, Martinelli to Cornet. Um, Dennis to uh, Jimenez and Watkins to uh, Veghorst if he's fit and I think that that would be a really decent little fixer uh, obviously mm-hmm. keep King for the double and then move King to Breuer next week for a free transfer and I've taken a minus four and changed four players that were really troubling me so I'm kind of tempted but Let's have a look at a little bit more of a deep dive for these players mm-hmm. because, you know, it's all very well having an opinion, but we haven't really covered all, all the bases just yet. So 
I've got a table from um, Fantasy Football Scout members area here. Uh, the players that we've just looked at timeline-wise. Um, Edouard there, top for XGI um, goal involvement in uh, the last six game weeks. But as we've sort of said, he's really a rotation risk. And, um, you know, that XGI is a little bit um, skewed towards the beginning of that data period. So take with that with a pinch of salt. We've also got Antonio there with a big XGI, uh, but yeah, again, skewed towards the beginning of that data period. So next up is Raul Jimenez. He's only had, you know, he hasn't played. He's only played four times. And, mm. um, you know, he's got an XGI of 2.39. Yes, there is a penalty in there. But still, his, you know, his expected assists and XG non-penalty is still pretty strong for just four appearances. Ten goal attempts in that time. So, you know, pretty promising for, for him for Jimenez owners. Uh, I know he hasn't got Adama Traore to sort of, you know, race past and then flick the ball in but he hasn't really been doing that all season anyway Adama so uh he's going to get the going to get the chances from different players and I think as you said Wolves are such a strong team Dennis really bad there really bad yeah. um just nine goal attempts and the average xg per goal attempt there really really bad um yeah. just puts me off he's definitely going for me this this week Veghorst three appearances he's the bottom of this list because of his uh, limited appearances but if you if you normalize that if you increase that for you know the six or seven appearances that Eduard and Antonio have done then he becomes a really decent option too um you know eight goal attempts even though his his xgi is a little low uh is shows a lot of intent and he hasn't really had the headed opportunities that we'd like to to see yet these have all really been with his feet um shooting and the amount of times that he's he had the ball uh, flicked over in that Liverpool match, and um, you know he got a shot on uh, off target. You know it was, that most of them were off target when he shot in the box, but still a lot of intent, a lot of a lot of um, room for improvement, and um, yeah, really tempted to bring in Vekos this 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 week. But um, but yeah, Breuer there, six appearances, eleven goal attempts for his price, five point three million, as we sort of said already, absolutely fantastic value. Um, so is anyone, anyone there that sort of um, changes your view on on like bringing someone in compared to what we've just looked at? Um, I, I mean, Eduardo, I wouldn't bring in. And uh, RJ with a great comment says, Vieira Roulette is worse than Peps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and also on, on the note of Jimenez, um, as you mentioned, Traore is doing very well at Barcelona, by the way. But Without Traore, what I saw in the last game was Ait Nori was very, very involved in, in the attacking. So um, he's a good shout as well. And then um, Broya uh, for world leader and um, the FPL, the best player in the FPL um, for the rest of the season. So I'm very excited about Broya. Um, and then, you know, Dennis, the menace, we just have to have in our teams because it's a love affair that you can't get rid of for some reason. Uh, and, <laughs> no way, he's gone. He's gone. For yeah. And uh, as long as Wout is not injured, I think he's my guy. Uh, and if not, Jimenez possibly. I really hope he's not injured. Um, you know, a knock can be pretty innocuous. So fingers crossed that's the case. And he's a big, strong guy and he, he'll, he'll play. Um, even even with a knock, you know, you know, some players tend to just get some pain medication and play through it. But he seems like a really important player to that side. So fingers crossed some positive news from Daesh. Um Let's move on from this and have a look at the, the shots map 
for these uh, players and quite a big disparity in the average shot distance that we can see. Edouard um, shooting close to goal with an average uh, shooting distance of about nine yards, which is which is pretty good, um, which is why we've seen that high XGI in the previous table. But as we said, He's going to struggle for minutes and quite a lot of these shots are skewed towards the beginning of this data period. What does strike me as rather to sort of reiterate what we're already what we've already said in this video is look at the shot distributions here for most of these strikers. There's a lot of red. There's a lot of shots off target, especially for Ollie Watkins. There's a, you know, is that 80, 90 percent of his shots are off target? That's a that's a big, big warning flag. Um, same with Josh King, you know, 15 shots and you know, the vast majority of them are off target. It just shows how, how well they've been they've been struggling. Um, Jimenez there and Breuer, the, ple the people we probably have most faith in, are the ones that show a healthy distribution of shots. What we want to see is a good percentage of shots on target with a recognised legitimate percentage of those shots on target being converted into goals which is what you can see with those those sections of green with the white board around and that just really encourages me for sustainable returns Jimenez and Breuer definitely on the cards for me um Dennis yeah I, I really don't know the only thing that worries me on this is Veghorst his average shooting distance 16 to 17 yards that's quite far out but then again he has been playing Man United and Liverpool, so huge caveat but, there. But Ted, again, that that's that's what brings Vout's topic back to the long ball game I was speaking of. Um, is he receives the ball from way outside the box, and he's not fast; he's very slow. Um, so uh, he needs this is this is the the two plays he's going to get most of is he receives the ball, and then a guy like Corney is making the run, and he feeds him, or he receives the ball and gets past one or two defenders and ha has a shot from far out. Um, that's the only route of attack that I see Burnley coming through. Of course, he's going to get the occasional like close to the box shot here and there, but um, it makes you wonder if if Cornet is a better option. But um, regardless, regardless, I think Vaud is a good option because everything will go through him in the end. It's weird when I looked at uh, making this graphic and you have to look at the individual shots that um, that players made. Both of the shots outside the penalty area were on target for Veghorst. Yep. But every shot in, in the box was off target. So it was a bit counterintuitive, but maybe it's just an emphasis of the type of opportunities that he was getting inside the box. He didn't have that much time to make the shot. It was more of a snatch. It was more of a, you know, a first-time effort. And maybe that's just the lack of time that he's been playing against decent opposition. So maybe when he's playing opposition that are more susceptible to the likes of set pieces to uh, defensive frailty then maybe he can start getting a little bit more accurate uh, with and his shots inside the box additionally very quick point is what i like about broya as well as workhorst about is that um they're you can you can tell they're pure strikers in the sense that they keep the shots low they keep it to the far post they keep it you know they drive their shots um great technique and that's a very underrated in the moment heat of the pressure type of thing for a professional footballer because you see guys like Traore who get past 20 players and then you know shoot it to the sideline for example so um, I, I really think that um, their technique and ability to score is, is very very good. Mm. 
What do you think about um, a Cornet as an option? Because he seems to be coming in for me, and um, that's only really because he's got four fixtures in the next two game weeks. But Daesh's press conferences, um, uh, I think he was interviewed after the game. He said Cornet's not fully fit. Uh, it seems like Val is, excluding his knock. Um, do you think Cornet is a decent option for these for this double-double, or is it more of a default pick that we're just picking him because of the fixtures? Yeah, I don't think I would go to Cornet. Um, it's, he's not been very convincing, to be honest. Um, and, uh, I, like, there's already so many midfielders that we need to go for that it's, it's just a spot that's, that's already taken out of. I, I get the double-double enticing thing, but... Uh, unless it's Fout or maybe a defender, maybe a Tarkovsky, um, you could go there. But I'm not. I'm not fully convinced on Corny. Listen, he could do well. Um, he could definitely come off with some points. But um, yeah, I don't think I would go there. <laughs> I, I'm. I, I'm definitely thinking about going there. I'm just going to bring my team back up. Um, the reason why is I need to move Martinelli to someone to get another double game week. Um, in but I can't move to an Arsenal player because I will be hindering myself in game week 27 um, I see. Uh, so I sort of have to cover two bases and, and go for a player that plays two, twice in double game 26 and then plays twice in, in double game week 27 I mean equally I could go for someone who has a double now and a decent single in 27 that would also be be fine but there aren't too many of those players in the five to six million price bracket um so i think cornet seems to be like the only option for me i'm just not massively you know assured on his capabilities after the african cup of nations so uh, i don't know yeah yeah uh, uh, yeah i'm just uh, not convinced is the way i'll put it yeah so, I mean, that was, that was a good discussion on forwards. I think we'll probably finish the video by um, talking about what our, our plans are, what our final transfer plans. And so I'll, I'll just, uh, I've got my team up, so I'll just go, I'll go first. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be moving Martinelli to, to Cornet, uh, Watkins to Vakhorst and Dennis to Jimenez. And I'll have um, well, Watkins to, to Vakhorst, that's another double Dennis to Jimenez, that's a double to a double, so that's just... And then Martinelli to Cornet. It does mean that I probably have to bench Bowen, which isn't ideal. So maybe I could just not move Martinelli to Cornet and maybe just... Because um, it would be for a hit, actually, wouldn't it? So, yeah. The problem is, in game week 27... I would have to move Martinelli's Cornet and then I would still have Josh King who I want Breuer for. So I'd have to take the hit then anyway. So maybe maybe it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Maybe I'll, I'll have a couple more games watching Cornet and just play Bowen against Newcastle. That's probably the better option, right? Have you put any thought into a um, free hit in 27? I have, but I just don't think it's... Um, that much of a an improvement Upside. on on mm -hmm. the side that I already have. So I just moved to my game week twenty seventeen. Um, let's we go. So if you remove Martinelli, Watkins, King, and Dennis, and put in Cornet with a double game week, Veghorst with a double game week, and then Breuer, 
and Broye against Norwich and then Jimenez against West Ham. I think if people are going to free hit, they're probably going to have Cancelo and Laporte. They're probably going to have Foden. They're probably going to have Son and Kane. So Foden, Son and Kane are probably the ones that I'm missing out on. Maybe triple Burnley, that third extra Burnley player. That's probably the fourth I would miss out on. But otherwise, I'm not too unhappy with the side. You know, Fernandez against Watford at home as a captain opportunity is not a bad shout. Mm. Um, I'm pretty comfortable. Like Son and Kane definitely could punish, 100%. But I don't think the other two could punish that much. And I think free hitting just to cover Son and Kane seems a little bit backwards to me. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I like your team up here. I, uh, what's... What's our thoughts on Libermento? Is is he fully starting now? I really don't know because he came on yeah. and played almost right wing um, right. ahead of ahead of uh, Carl Walker Peters. Perro on the left wing, sorry, on the left back, he's doing all right. So it does it does worry me. I might have to take a hit in twenty six and twenty seven to yeah. move Libermento to a Burnley player who has a double game week because that's the only way I could warrant having no, taking another hit because you almost with that minus four you cover that second fixture to a certain extent so mm. we will have to see it kind of makes yeah. me want to do those three moves this week and then if i think livermento is not going to play then it also just gives me another chance to get a bernie player in uh, like a ben me or someone like that yeah it's uh you know i remember you said appeal is moving fast ben davis seemed like um, and again, Pros, I was speaking to Pros about this. Um, you know, he was a good idea a couple back weeks back. So it's unfortunate that that's happened. And um, if you go back to your 26 team, um, benching Bowen seems like a devastating idea, right? Like he's probably the most informed player in the league right now. And I can't, I can't imagine um, benching him. So that might sway me into going for Broya, for example, and, and just benching Broya this game week. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> If I, if I do make the move, Martinelli to Cornet, and um, I would have to bench someone. Like, I would have to bench either Cornet, King, or Bowen. And I'm not sure I can, I can bench Bowen. It would have to be King, maybe. Maybe I don't even need to worry about what the players at all on a double game week. I have so. two questions for you, Ted. Um, and this is uh, kind of, there's no right answer here. What is the minimum amount of double game weekers we're thinking of for 26? And what's the minimum amount of players we need to field for 27 without a free hit? Really good, really good question. I think if you think about the superfluous players in my team, um, you know, Ben Davis of this world, he, he, might, he might count as a double game week player, but I don't have too much expectation. I think everyone needs to really have the, the core double game week players, you know, triple Liverpool and then... You know, either a, a Son or a Kane would be would be a decent shout. Ramsdale or a, or a Pope, maybe. Um, so maybe like six or seven minimum, I'd say. And then for game week twenty seven, uh, you need to field a, a full eleven, I think. Otherwise, um, free hitting is probably what I would do. But again, depends if you have the core players or not. I'd say. Because King and Dennis certainly aren't core players, core double game week players this week. And um, <laughs> it kind of worries me because I don't think I've got the core double game week players apart from the Liverpool guys. So, yeah, 
I think you need to pick your battles in this world. And I think, you know, the free hit in 33 or 30 and 33, I'd love to free hit and attack a, a double game. Yeah, like a specific yeah, double yeah. Game. A 33 so, free hit sounds very, very nice. But with that being said, Ted, um, I don't think our teams at that point in time is going to be too far off from an ideal free hit team in 33. So just food for thought for you. Mm. Absolutely. And it puts me off free hitting. So I've just moved to... um to your game week 26 team um no it seems like you've wavered a little bit about what your intentions were for for game week 26 two free transfers Foden to Salah and then what is the other move you're making you bringing in Breuer or you bringing in Jimenez um again so I have what seven double game weekers two free transfers zero in the bank um so it I have to downgrade Ronaldo. It's just, it's a must for me in order to fund Foden to Salah, which is why the TC is going to be on him. Um, I, I'm also having debates about whether Trent is a better TC option than in Salah, but that's a that's saved for another day. Um, so, for example, who do I bring in for Ronaldo? Will be very very influential in the decisions I make moving forward. Um, so, let's say I bring in a Jimenez, then I'll have to start him over Bowen. And the both Wofford boys over Bowen, which sounds crazy, but that's just the trap that I fall into for double game weeks. Um, I could do Ronaldo to who's the other options we mentioned? Uh, Wout, and and I'll start Wout over Bowen. I could do Broya, probably bench Broya and and start Bowen over Broya and the two Watford boys. Um, I think probably then, that that makes the most sense that permutation okay. to me. Okay. Okay. Um, but. but I think Jimenez is a great option equally. And I think you could bring in Broya next week and, and be fine. But it's just the benching Bowen bit that um, yeah. I really, really struggle with. But it also depends on my free hit 27 trans, uh, de- decision, um, whether I decide that upside is worth chasing. Um, but again, 60-40 right now on the non-free hit for 27. So yeah, Broya may be a great option. And then I could do a minus four to bring in um a tourney as you so preach for um and i'll do that if i decide to free hit in 27 um, exactly exactly yeah, yeah. so we've got your game in 2017 up here uh if you've got tierney you've got the likes of tierney in there it just increases the amount of people that you have to transfer back in for game week 27 so a free hit seems pretty logical but you've already got two players after you transfer foden ronaldo out who are not playing so it's going to be a hit for you in game week 27 um, it mm. seems if you're not rehitting, yeah. but you kind of have to remove like a decent midfielder, um, the likes of Jota or Saka to even do that. So do you even think it's worth doing, removing one of those players to be able to field a full 11 in game week 27? Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't think about that. Um, I'm so, I'm very excited about my midfield starting five, Saka, Bowen, Son, Salah, and, uh, Who's my other guy? Jota. Jota, yeah. yeah so That's next a, level. It's a beast midfield. That's a beast midfield. I'm very excited about it. And hopefully they deliver the goods this week. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do. I think I think personally, if, if, I, if I was in your situation, I wouldn't like to remove any of those midfield five, which means that coupled with the fact that you have, you still have, after these two free transfers, two Watford guys, and a Liveramento who is not sure to play against Norwich. It seems like a free hit for me in 27. Really? Not, okay. not for me. No, sorry, not for me personally, but for, for you, if I was in okay. your position. Um, 
you've got obviously you're going to get those Watford guys back, and it's like whether or both not... united, yeah, yeah, okay, so whether... yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, I, I get it. I, I was debating this for a while whether whether I can get away with a small red arrow in in game week twenty seven, and I'd be okay with that. But I have two free free hits, and how much longer do I want to wait? You know, do I really want to wait to thirty three? As I mentioned, in thirty three, I think we can get away without a free hit. So. So if you Maybe. if you get a free hit in twenty seven, then I would suggest um, getting Jimenez for twenty six mm-hmm. because you've mm-hmm. got enough money for that, and then use free hit Breuer, um, and then like if you're going to free hit in thirty as well, a wild card right. in. <laughs> oh God, how unprofessional, Andrew. <laughs> Goodness me. Apologies, guys. Apologies. <laughs> Go ahead. I had I had I have a guess. That's all right. We're we're gonna okay, end the stream sorry. soon. Um, right. But yeah, yeah. Jimenez, um, like for you in twenty six, Breuer in twenty seven on a free hit, free hit in thirty, and then wild card in thirty one to cover the du- big double game weeks thirty three and thirty six. Seems like your best your best move, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Nice one. Yeah, sorry for the wild ending. Oh man, I've been a mess today. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it is twenty past midnight where you are, so we'll let you off. But I think we're sorted, mate. We're we're sorted. You know, I, I'm pretty. I'm feeling pretty happy about uh, the moves now. So, um, yeah. Wait, can you sort me out one more time, uh, Ted? <laughs> <laughs> you got you got pen and paper. You're writing this down. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to hear your your final thoughts on on what I should do again. Yeah. yeah so I think. We're looking ahead to your game with 2017, okay. we've got the problems are Livramento isn't 100% to play against Norwich. You've got King and Dennis both against Man United. Um, the only reason why we're keeping those is because they have a double in 26. You've got Saka and Alexander-Arnold who are not playing at all. And you have a beast midfield that even if you wanted to remove one of them to field a full 11 in 27, you'd have to get rid of Saka or Jota. And I'm not sure that they are optimal transfers long long term. So it seems like your team is more conducive to a free hit in 27. And it means that you can get Jimenez in 26 and then get Breuer in 27 on a free hit. Okay. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> uh, that. It, don't make it me run me. your team anymore. <laughs> I'll be uh, I'll be coming back to you and uh, messaging you about it uh, later in the week. So I speak much more sensibly about other people's teams than my own. That's that's the problem. Yeah, it's, it's... funny how you freak out on your on your team on deadline streams. Uh, it's fun, it's enjoyable to watch uh, you freak out. So yeah. oh god, I was like really really calm on um, on Saturday because I was just rolling the transfer. It was the most yeah. calm I've, I've been in a long time. So yeah, <laughs> taking a, a new leaf out of my book. Anyway. <laughs> I think we'll leave it there. Thank you so much yeah. for for joining me, Andy. And um, I think it was a really decent totally. conversation on on forwards. Hopefully, that's helped you out in the chat. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of forwards to to get rid of at the moment. Pretty disheartening game week, all in all, twenty five. So fingers crossed for Man United assets to bail us out you know, on Tuesday night, and then a better game week twenty six. So yeah. Thanks again for everyone to joining us. And um, yeah, cheers again, Andy. Have a good one, mate. Yeah, thanks. Okay, see you guys.